everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast and our Wide Angle Podium bonus episode for the season. I'm Molly Herford, and when I'm not outside riding, running, doing some kind of endurance training, I'm probably inside writing or talking about it. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we look at all different types of sports and athletes and coaches and experts and even just regular people that are doing a bunch of different sports. We try and pull that back into things we can use in our own sports and our own lives. Um, And this is indeed a a bonus episode that we're actually just putting out for everyone in in good faith. Um, It is the Wide Angle Podium Donor Drive. And so what that means is, you know, we're sort of drumming up support here for the network, which includes our podcast. It includes CX Hairs and all the awesome things they do for cyclocross and and cycling in general. Soul Ride Podcast, Bike Shop CX, um, several other awesome podcasts. Uh, So, yeah. So we're doing this extra episode, bonus episode. Yeah. And and who is it with? So this is actually probably the most appropriate person we could possibly have on for... And you said this is this is our network. most most mo- I I would say she's the most popular, but our most frequent guest now. Yeah, yeah. So today we have Katarina Nash, who you have probably heard of if you've been in the cycling world for the last twenty years, because that's how long she's been winning races. Yes, uh, she is one of the most amazing humans that I have had the privilege of knowing and sitting down with, and you know, swapping stories with, sharing meals with. I've been really lucky that I've been interviewing her since pretty much the day I started in cycling journalism. And yeah, she is by far one of my favorite people to chat with about her long career that actually started in cross-country skiing before she... (laughs) At a very high level. At a very high level. Um, And then she was going to the Olympics for cross-country skiing and then switched over. Yeah, then she pivoted to cross-country mountain biking, shifted into cyclocross, and despite being the oldest racer on the start line at both the Iowa and the Waterloo World Cups earlier in the season. She was second in Iowa to her former teammate, Magalie Rochette, and then she won in Waterloo. Um, It was honestly one of the coolest races that I've gotten to see. I mean, I've watched her win races you know, dozens, if if not like a hundred times at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was, you know, just a really, really crazy course. And, you know, if you watched it, you know, you know, there was tons of mud. Conditions were not fantastic. Uh, she actually didn't have a great race there last year because she had some mechanical trouble on her bike. Um, but then to watch her this year, just kind of basically put on a clinic of what it looks like to race in technical muddy conditions. Right. Uh, was just fantastic. Which so, is a great, it's a great consummate athlete. Uh, that's why one of the reasons we like cyclocross, but especially muddy cyclocross, there's a lot of running and strategy as far as getting on and off the bike, which is very athletic. There's a bit of sliding here and there. Um, but we also like Katarina and why we have her on is because she is, uh, you know, quite a con- consummate athlete. We-, we talked about skiing, the different cycling disciplines. She's been trying out enduro this year, which is, you know, a more extreme version of mountain biking. She's on team. Get Molly a dog. Yes. So and then I she also her. has her own dogs. Um, <laughs> And, and walks very often, talks about the benefits of her walking and sort of that, that aspect of just sort of the lower key aspects of, of movement in life, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. And then I think also she is very good at being very open. And when we talk about being a consummate anything, consummate athlete, you know, being 
humble, being you know open to helping younger athletes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think Megalie Rochette would say that probably uh, Katerina was a big part of her progressing as well. Yeah, and she and I actually talk about that a ton. If you head over to Flow Bikes, actually, where I did a big interview with Magalie, we actually sat down and watched Magalie's race win in Iowa and, you know, commented all through it and talked about, like, her battle with Katerina and that and what that meant for her. And oh, I know. thought you meant that Katerina and you also sat down and, like, no, went through it. No, this was Magalie and I. Because then you could have done a split screen. Oh, my gosh, that would have been <laughs> hilarious. Uh Maybe next time. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope you enjoy this. This is all part of a very lengthy interview I did uh, to write a piece for Bicycling Magazine about how Katerina has stayed in the sport for so long and some practical So we'll link to that. Practical we'll takeaways. link to some of uh, the CX Hair's summaries of these crazy races we're talking about. Uh, and I guess the UCI uh, summary on YouTube as well. Yeah, but... Uh, I will say there was a ton in this interview that didn't make it into the article, so it's definitely worth listening to the whole thing, even if you have read the article already, because um, we talk about right. so much stuff that I couldn't possibly Perfect. have written the whole thing. Uh, so just to conclude is wide angle podium slash donate for that bonus content. Uh, in addition to this free bonus content, we're also putting out arrow pins and the arrow pins. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you guys. And enjoy this episode with Katarina Nash. Expect to be in contention for the win, or actually coming into like Jingle Cross too, because I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, you've had a good start well, to the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's great start, and I, you know, like I probably, uh, I mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be at these first World Cups because I always like to support it, but I didn't really have a much of a cyclocross plan mm-hmm. after. Uh, just going beyond um i've actually had a super busy summer season i raced a ton did a bunch mm-hmm. of stage stage racing and so um and then uh yeah the team is you know i'm kind of the only cross racer left yeah. uh, <laughs> so there is uh you know there's no no really structure to it but i uh you know i still wanted to do it and uh, uh those guys you know definitely wanted to to be at the North American World Cups, even though we're not really a World Cup team anymore. Uh, so, yeah, we put it together kind of, you know, uh, not last minute, but uh, I did the Breck Epic, then went home and had like about three weeks to to kind of pick up some specific uh, cross training and running and all those things. And so, yeah, I went into it like knowing that my fitness was good, but my race structure for the summer was not terribly different than the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of just slow grinding miles, like mm-hmm. stage racing and high altitude. And, you know, so it doesn't, you, you bring in good fitness, but not a necessarily specificity to the cyclocross with the speed and stuff. So yeah. uh, having said that, you know, I, I, I know Jingle Cross very well. I've raced there for so many years and I, I just know I can do well. Yeah. Uh, at that course, you know, being a mountain biker, having that big climb, and uh, so I always try to like prepare for that one and just just give it my best. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I had a really you know really good race out there. I was super stoked and kind of like you know the cross fire just got going. And, yeah, uh, and I and I <laughs> honestly like I wasn't really like too focused on the second one. Um, because I, you know, historically done well at Jingle Cross, and that that was like, I just I want to win one more, and I and I didn't, you know, I had mm-hmm. such a good ride, but I didn't win it, and I didn't, you know, I was just like, 
I don't know. I just was excited about good start position going into track and uh, didn't really, you know, think much beyond that. But in the morning of the race, when I saw the conditions, mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is good. I like yeah. this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure like deep inside, I was just still thinking about, you know, going forward, trying to take the win. But I didn't really, I didn't really make it super big focus. I was just psyched to 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 be on the podium at Jingle and to have a good, good showing at the North American events, and you know I had a good day the next day at Jingle Cross, so I already felt like, oh, this is this is pretty rad. And yeah. then um, once I, <laughs> you know, once I got to, uh, well, a back a backtrack a little bit. I, you know, I just like after Jingle Cross, I, I definitely felt like. Um, having sort of the two races um, that I was super tired and I was a little bit like, but not bummed out. I know that's something that I've been dealing with last couple of years, but it's just like definitely recognizing it. You don't have that like murder yourself mentality, you know, like it really, it really comes out only at the special occasions, you know? And I had like, uh, had a good jingle cross, but like, I felt like I just couldn't, push through that zone a little bit to get mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. few more seconds or something. So I was kind of bummed out about it, but it was just funny because once I got into the lead at Waterloo, I was able to push through that. And I yeah. suffered like a dog, like I crossed the finish line and I couldn't make it up that little hill to go to the tent, you know, like <laughs> I was... I was so done, you know, and it may not come again the rest of the year. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it was it was fun to have that feeling that you can just push beyond those limits, you know. And I know that's not something I can do every weekend, but I was I was thankful that it was still there. Like I've never signed a contract for cyclocross. I've always been part of the mountain bike team, and we did. We added on some cyclocross, and that's not even really, like, like the reality right now is just, like, if I didn't show the initiative to going, like, the team wouldn't care. They'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. fine, that's all good, you know, like, yeah. but I, I, there is something about, like, you know, like, I have not been on the mountain bike World Cup for three years. Yeah, and I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. You know, I do all the other amazing events. I race hard. I race stage races. I race with a bunch of dudes, and like you know, I race a ton. But there is something about the cyclocross. I've just never, you know, I've never done it full time. I never had the, you know, I guess I have never had the opportunity to be like burned out. And and uh, yeah, there's just something about it that keeps, you know. Like, I just, in some way, I wish I could give up on it and have, like, an <laughs> off-season sometimes and, like, you know, hang out with yeah. friends and family and and not, like, pack up my gear and go to Europe for the winter months. But, yeah. like, yeah, it's, you know, I guess I'm not normal, but I blame cyclocross for it. <laughs> I think a lot of us can blame cyclocross for our abnormality, for sure. Yeah, and it's same like you know with the support crew you know it's it takes like as like trying to explain to somebody like we're kind of connected by misery you know Mm -hmm. because 
not only we were out there like all muddy and dirty and whatever, but like you saw the crew, the work that goes into those bikes, the conditions that they they're out there working in the pits and like making sure that we get a clean bike. And it's just not for it's not for everybody, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, we're definitely a special group of people. <laughs> That's for sure. And um, <laughs> I I feel lucky. I feel lucky. I had. You know, I had the crew that I did to kind of get through such a tough weekend and, mm -hmm. you know, and to and now to support me into a few more of these. Yeah. <laughs> I shared uh, I shared the race, the link to the race with a couple of neighbors, you know, that they know to ride bikes, yeah. whatever. But I sent this I sent this one out and I was like, this is what I do. And I mean, the reaction is just amazing. They're just were so impressed and you know like my my neighbor sarah was like i have so many questions yeah <laughs> can we want dogs <laughs> so it's a yeah i don't know it feels like we're a little bit of an outcast and it feels good you know yeah exactly I like it. exactly i did set up little uh little barrier here at the edge of the driveway and it was cute <laughs> because my landlord showed up yesterday and they're like do you know what this is? Is somebody trying to tell us something? Like, we can't figure out what is it for, you know? And I was like, oh, actually, that's me that's practicing cyclocross. They had um, they had their horses to escape a couple times, so they thought there was somebody, like, trying to tell them a message. Oh, that's <laughs> so, funny. Um, pretty, pretty funny. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I practiced a little bit leading up to the season, and then, um, you know, I never really had, like, uh course set up anywhere or that kind of practice ground or just kind of float through a couple of different communities so I just I just kind of do it more in nature um mm -hmm. and um you know obviously in the in the races and I don't know like I still can hop them so there's been a lot of remounts this month for me <laughs> <laughs> how does your training now compare to when you when you were first starting in like your first few years of racing um, well, I feel like, uh, like the intensity has gone down a little bit just because, uh, just essentially you're not able to put in as much mm -hmm. short efforts and recover, you know, and in some ways, um, like I was never, I, I came from that skiing background, so I had always good intensity and the training was a little bit different, but like. I, I definitely struggle with those, like, go out there for five hours and ride your bike, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've finally managed to kind of build that endurance over the years, just kind of working on that. So it's it's pretty good, but I still don't, like, I'm, I'm still more like I would rather ride harder for three hours than slower for six hours kind of yeah. day, you know. So, That's fair. Um, um, and then... Um, yeah, I don't know, like, I raced, like I said, I raced so much this summer that, like, I finally, like, went back to a few little intervals, uh, sessions, like, end of, you know, end of August to prepare for cross, yeah. but the rest of the summer, I was just, like, you know, when you're doing, like, seven-day stage races, and then you have, like, week and a half off, and then you're doing yeah. another two-day, and then you go right into Breck Epic, and, you know, so there's, like, not not much time for training so um i i don't know if it's just like the structure of the racing 
or just also like that aging process where you have to respect the recovery because without it, like you're not doing a good job. Like you just, yeah. you're just getting that training in, but it's not beneficial. And I think I tried to do little too much last two years. And, you know, I started really well in the September with the cross season. And mm-hmm. then I kind of tried to train, tried to maintain good, uh, you know, endurance, but also like, a lot of intensity and I was just getting more and more tired and it really didn't translate into uh, good results over the winter you know I think I just been like super super tired Mm -hmm. and so and then obviously going right back into mountain bike season by March you know it's just like I think my my body is just starting to kind of give me signs that uh, you know you just have to be smarter about it and so if I you know if I if I do choose to go into the kind of like more events this winter I just have to be aware of that and just mm-hmm. respect respectful of that and you know so yeah. Um, yeah it's changing less I wouldn't say less volume because I still do decent volume throughout the year but probably a little less intensity but I also you know, I feel like I race a lot more than when I race World Cup mountain biking because yeah. you just, you know, you just travel so much all summer long. And then you, you know, then you don't do tons of other stuff because, you know, taking that risk to go do all these right, other things. You can't, you know, you can't just jump into EWS and then go to the Olympic, you know. So yeah. I wouldn't do that back in the day, but you know, I've had the luxury to do it now and it's it's been fun. Yeah. It's good to be fit. It's good to be lean, but I think it's so individual. It's every Mm -hmm. athlete has to find their, their right uh, weight. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's always been like, you know, this is kind of the weight of healthy Mm -hmm. lifestyle. If I want to be smaller it will be unhealthy and I, I wasn't willing to go there, you know? Yeah. So, and you probably uh, wouldn't that, still that, be racing at that point, right? Like you'd probably have exactly. gotten a stress it's, fracture uh, and like been, it's been part of the longevity for me, you know, where, uh, I guess that more balanced approach and, and not, it's not like I when in my twenties, I set out to do this, like I'll be racing until I'm this old, and, you know, <laughs> but I, I've, I I guess I just enjoy the racing so much. I figure out a way how to how to keep a good balance to, to to stay in it and enjoy it. And and I'm not saying that's how everybody should do it, right? Like there are people that are willing to just like you know just do whatever and destroy in a way destroy their body, get yeah. that one big result, and be done with it. And they're maybe happy too, you know. Like mm-hmm. we all we're all after different things. Uh, but I think it's up to each athlete to find their f- perfect balance. But it's good to be reminded that healthy is always better in the long term because, you know, this is just a little chapter of our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sad to see people push it beyond that, beyond those limits and kind of disappear from the sport and mm-hmm. struggle with health issues forever. You know, I, I don't, I just don't think that those first places are worth that sacrifice mm-hmm. knowing that it could be done different yeah. differently you yeah, know absolutely. so i think uh, 
that's you know like you want to you want to give it your best but i would encourage all the girls out there just like once you start losing your period take yeah. a take another take another look you know mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> something your body's not agreeing with so yeah. um, you know that would that would definitely be my recommendations i definitely eat good food and i i prepare food at home and i go out to nice food and i'm a california snob and you know i I eat well and and we have you know obviously anything you think you can think of it's available throughout the year and i take advantage of that Mm. you know because i grew up in eastern europe and we had dried up apples as only fruit by february you know so i was like you pick you pick them, you put them in the you know somewhere in grandparents' house in the you know basement and mm-hmm. so you know if I can buy blueberries at the Berkeley Bowl every day then then I will you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Katarina Nash. I know I loved chatting with her. Um, And as always, you can let us know what you thought of the episode. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford. We're on consummateathlete.com. And particularly this week, head over to wideanglepodium.com slash donate. Uh, Get involved with the donor drive. You can donate as little as $5 a month up to $50 a month. You can do a one-time donation. Um, That all helps for just keeping shows like ours on the air and, you know, getting better and better equipment, getting bigger guests on, all that kind of stuff. So we appreciate, you know, you taking the time to listen. We appreciate you taking the time to donate. And we will see you next week.